0: You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box, ladies and gentlemen. This is a big episode. This is a big day. The Hot Take Hot Box. Matt McSweeney. I am joined with special guest Derek the Deem DeMaria. Derek, good, thank you for blessing us. How are you feeling today?
1: I'm feeling good, though, Matt. Thank you for having me. It's it's an honor as always. You know, whenever I get to talk sports with Matt McSweeney, uh, it's, it's always
0: a good know, day. And I uh, I feel. Uh, inferior to your vast wealth of knowledge that you have in all four of all four of the sports now um i did want to have you on though you're you you're one of the guys that i trust when you have an opinion on especially twitter there's a lot of morons out there but you actually watch the sports and actually pay attention to them instead of people who just pop on there just talk some shit and then go away and do whatever dumb shit that they're doing so i appreciate you coming on phil's uh the the we're back we're alive we're back the fucking fire is back in my belly uh we got a big series against the um our dreaded foes who have owned us in the past the miami marlins and you know we got we got a nice um so uh, who are the who the braves playing right now the rockies is that the
1: the rockies this weekend i mean they just stole one last night i had no business winning that game and you know Troy Blackman has a grand slam, fired up, looks like we're going to, you know, pick up another half game, and then Braves come back and win it. Duvall hits a, a home run to give him the lead. It's just like, again, just an incredible move made by the Braves, the guy who everyone forgot was even in the league. He's got 30 home runs. They just picked him up at the deadline for nothing, and he's just – he's killing it for him.
0: Man, they, don't, I thought Jorge Solar was out of the league too, and that, that guy is still killing it down there for them. You know, I have a Braves fan who's – uh the most, one of the most obnoxious people ever, <laughs> and uh, he's also a Cowboys fan too. He and Dave, you know who you are out there if you listen. Uh, but he, he's like they—they're the luckiest team of all time. They're every like we've made all these same pickups before in the past. The Phillies have, but like they are all working out for them and for us. It's like you know we pick up the uh, Corey Dickersons of the world, and then the guy strains his oblique, or we we pick up a Jose Batista and he's just fucking shot out, so you know. Oh
1: yeah, no. I mean, if we picked up Jorge Soler, he would hit 110, punch out a bunch, not do anything productive for us. And Absolutely, he'd be back on the bench in no time. But I mean, you got to give them credit. They they went out, they revamped their offense. I mean, they lost arguably the best player in Major League Baseball, and they just all they do is keep winning games.
0: Yeah, and we literally have to fight for our lives every time. Every time we head out there for wins, losses, whatever's going on, we just we're battling every day and we have a bunch of bums out there but somehow we're still uh, i shouldn't be disrespectful we don't have a bunch of bums but when you're starting guys like torres and bonifacio on a daily basis you you shouldn't be winning the games that we're winning but we're playing bad teams and no uh,
1: absolutely not and yeah, like you said they're they're not playing good teams um the the diamondback series in arizona was just absolutely pathetic horrific um i mean if just think if you get a couple of those games back you might be in first place right now but you know they're doing what they have to do and You know, this is the time of the year where there's teams that go for it and teams that don't, and the Phillies are lucky that they get to play a lot of teams that aren't interested in winning games, and and they have to kind of just take advantage of that and and come out and take care of business.
0: Yeah, and, you know, they kind of – it hurts because they did sit on their hands at the deadline for the most part. Other than – I mean, they get get Gibson, which is a a huge move looking back now, and you would make that move 10 times out of 10. Everyone was like, why why are we going to give up on Spencer Howard? Well, because – Yeah, I mean –
1: I'll be the first one to admit, like, I didn't care about giving up on Spencer Howard. Getting Gibson and, and um, Kennedy did not move the needle for me. I, I tweeted. Oh, I agree. Literally, as soon as they got him and said, I literally said, these guys stink. This means nothing. And, um, I mean, Gibson, he's been awesome. And the good thing about him, he's under team control for another year. So, you're going to have him next year. I mean, he's proven that he, he's going to be a good number three. And if, you know, your number two could figure it out at all and pitch at all, you have a good chance down the stretch because what ranger suarez has done has just been simply unbelievable
0: incredible. man i and i shit on that move too when they move i was like why would you ruin a good thing like he's killing it in the pen it's like one of the only dependable arms you have coming out of the bullpen at the time Move him out to this i mean and they obviously know more than i do no yeah, i mean
1: i didn't i didn't mind that move as much just because i he i never thought he truly was a closer or a reliever and i thought he was just kind of playing house money there um but obviously he's just locked in this year. Wherever he's going to pitch, he's going to pitch well.
0: He's just getting um, guys out, man.
1: And yeah, I mean, they, they, it's we it's Suarez, Gibson, and and Wheeler this weekend. And I told someone yesterday, like, I mean, there's no reason you should not go there with those three pitchers and win three games. You just have to. Uh,
0: yeah, and when the Diamondback series just happened, that's I said, like, you know, we'd love to sweep them, but I'll take a three a three out of four, which we wound up actually getting after a yeah, horrible. It's
1: still Major League Baseball. You play a team fourteen yeah. in a row, there's a chance they're gonna get you. You have to take care of business, especially at home and, and win the three at least three or four, and they did. Um and I mean the common place in that series again, we saw another loss from Matt Moore. And it, I just don't know how you can continue to pitch him down the stretch. He just he's not a pitchable major league pitcher in a playoff race.
0: No. and you, who's almost moving in that territory is fucking Nola, dude. Uh, it's like yeah, I, I, mean, I know he's almost, not that bad, but I, you know what I mean? Like it's like he's literally killing us when in, in the years yeah, no, past I mean, You've been able to depend on him now. It's like
1: he's he's been bad every, He struggles almost every time out, and you just gotta hope that he gets in the groove at some point um, I was actually just talking yesterday with, with a buddy. I said with the call-ups in September now It's 28 guys and you don't get a full 40 man roster, but basically you're gonna add more bullpen arms I think every fifth day you almost have to just use an opener and kind of bullpen yeah. game it and be creative with it, and I think that gives you a better chance of winning it than going with more at this point because and he's just not a major league pitcher. He goes out. It's one thing if you go out and you get hit around and you struggle, bit, but he just doesn't <laughs> throw strikes. Like the other day,
0: non-competitive
1: second, second inning, and he's turned thirty-three pitches, eleven strikes and twenty-two balls. Like that's a bad high school. Pitch. Like, <laughs> Like, I, I, if you throw strikes and guys hit you, you, have no problem with it. But you just can't come out and just put guy after guy. Especially against bad teams that, like, we, the Nationals, like, realistically, like, if you just dodge Soto and Bell, like, they can't beat you. But no. when you when you walk AAA hitters who have no business being up there, then the big guys are going to do the damage. And, you know, that's what happened to Moore. I mean, luckily, we were able to come back because our offense is just on fire right now, which – You can't count on you're not going to score seven runs a game for the next, you know, 20 or so games or 30 days. So Mm -hmm. you're going to have to get pitching at some point.
0: Yeah, it just seems like they're thin throughout their whole team. Like whether you look rotation, bullpen lineup, like it's just thin and they're counting on like they're putting a lot of pressure on certain parts of their team and. They've been doing it so far, but I, I, I don't see why, like, it, you keep looking at the schedule. We've been saying this all, all season long. It's, like, it's setting up for them, and they're, they're actually taking care of business right now, which they th- weren't doing for a little bit, but you got to ride the wave, man. You know, I, I'm, I'm having fun. I, I, lo- I really look forward to watching the team play. I you, Like I said, I kind of, I think I tweeted this out at some point. Once you come to grips with the fact that this team is not going to win the World Series, then you can go and have, like, a little bit of fun, whether they win, lose, or withdraw, whatever. Like, let's just, you know, let, let's try to make yeah. a playoff. We need some playoff experience. This team hasn't been to the playoffs in forever. Competitive man.
1: baseball in September and potentially October, you know, is what you look forward to every year. And, um, you the know, schedule, I mean, you got the Marlins, and then realistically they play the Brewers next week at, at, in Milwaukee for three games. And besides that, they don't play a good team the rest of the year. The only other team they play that's competent to, to say is the Mets before they have to play the Braves the last three games of the season. And I can already tell that th- those three games are probably going to make or break the season for us when we go to Atlanta for the last three games of the season.
0: Do you think we have any chance of winning the wild card?
1: Um, I, there's an outside chance. I just think when you have to battle with so many teams to do it, it's going to be hard. Um, like some, yes, someone's going to get
0: hot or something like that. You yeah, expect, I mean, right? I
1: think at the end of the day, the Padres, are they're, they're just so talented. I think they're going to start to win games. And if they get to play the Diamondbacks and the Rockies down the stretch, there's just winnable games there for them. And the Reds hit so well that I think they're going to stay around it. I think the path is the division, um, especially because you do get to play Atlanta head-to-head three games in the year. So you kind of, if you stay in it, you're going to control your own destiny there, kind of going into the playoffs.
0: Yeah and i would love to get that division i don't want nothing if we're talking seriously like you know i would want nothing to do with that wild card game i don't want a one game situation i'd like a nice little nice little playoff series where maybe we can get lucky and make some noise who knows who we'd win or play or whatnot. you know that's cr- yeah, so far realistically, down the road but
1: you are get that one game playoff and i don't you know you don't know 20 30 days from now how it's going to line up but more than likely, you're going to have to you know play to win against atlanta for three games so if you get the one game playoff there's a good chance, you know, that day is going to match up. You're not just going to automatically be able to throw Zach Wheeler. So, if he throws game two or game three of the Atlanta series, and you got to come back and win a one game playoff with, you know, Ranger Suarez or or Matt Moore, you're in
0: God. Can you imagine Matt Moore throwing a game for our fucking playoff lives?
1: Now, wouldn't that wouldn't that be the story of our season? We get in a one game playoff, and we're on Matt Moore's day,
0: and he shuts him down. Hey, he yeah, would, maybe, he would vintage Matt Moore.
1: Maybe Vin- Vinny Vila will come back in time to save the day.
0: Yeah, I, I've been hearing stuff. I, um, what's the other name I've been hearing? Uh, Sorry, Anthony Dominguez. He's was he getting hit around Triple yeah, A or, or is he? It... He's in
1: Triple A right now. I mean, I think if you get him back, I I don't think he hurts you. Um, it's another power arm out of the pen. Even if you're only using him once every couple of days, I think just to have another you know another bullet in the chamber out of the bullpen is definitely going to help.
0: See, my guy Matt Veerling's back in the lineup tonight. I'm really excited about that. Big big Veerling guy, if that's even how you yeah, say yeah. his name. I don't even know. A
1: fighting Irishman.
0: Yeah, see, you know me. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know I also I saw? This dude, Stotts absolutely smoking the ball in, uh, was it yeah, double A? He,
1: yeah, no, he's in, I think, is he in double? Yeah. I think he's, he's still, still in he double. Hit, like, I believe they said he hit about 430 in the month of August.
0: Crazy. For um, so the entire
1: month with, like, a good amount of extra base hits like his walk numbers are through the roof. So that's something that's encouraging, especially, you know, with the struggles you've seen from DD, um, this year, which I don't really know what to read into that. I know he's been in the LA lineup a lot with the injury. I think he's much better than he's playing. Um, but he has, has struggled this year. And I think that's one of the reasons that they're winning games right now is, as I think it's gone unnoticed is they're, they're playing defense. Um, with Terayus at third, and when Galvis has played short, it's really shored up a lot of things defensively. Um, yeah, and you know when you're not making errors, and aside <sighs> from not making errors, a big thing that you know most good teams do that the Phillies did not do all year, and they've done recently, is they're making plays that they shouldn't make. They're they're turning double plays on on tough plays. They're, yeah, they're making. You know, the other night in the Washington game, they turned a couple really nice double plays that they weren't turning early in the year. Torres made a nice pick, turned a double play. When you get a reliever in and he walks a leadoff guy or he strikes a guy out and then he walks a guy, when you can roll a double play for him, get him out of the inning quick and, you know, get back to your bats, especially when you're hitting, that's huge. And I think that's been one of the really unnoticed, you know, parts of this little run they've gone on is they're playing really good defense. I mean, they did win a game at three hours. Segura made two of them. They weren't costly. Um, and Rafael Marchand has just been awesome. Yeah, man. I, uh, I mean, if, if Andrew Knapp was in this lineup right now, I don't uh, They he would not be on this winning streak. And I think Marchand has proven that, I mean, he should be the guy from here on out as the backup catcher.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, Knapp is uh, he's, he's I, a real a,
1: Major League Baseball
0: player. <laughs> Knapp is another, a guy who you kind of alluded to earlier. He's just unplayable. He's not a Major League Baseball player. You can't yeah, play I mean, him he, down the he, stretch. He can't in throw any... anyone out. No. He, he
1: can't hit. I mean, Marchand's hitting homers. He's getting walks. Like, He's just doing everything you need to do, and I think the ability now to let JT play some first base and get a day off here and there is huge, because I think down the stretch run, you're going to need him to be 100%, and JT hasn't done a bad job over at first base. Unfortunately, when you play him at first base, it, it takes Brad Miller out of the lineup, who's been one of your better hitters, but again, Crazy. you can't count on Brad Miller to just you know tear no. it up for an entire month, so kind of getting him in and out I think will be good for him to kind of just you know, bottle up some of that magic that he has and not use it all at
0: once. Yeah, and keep, keep the energy, because if we do plan on making this said run, we're going to need all these guys to be uh, producing or just uh, contributing in some way or shape or form. I did want to ask you about um, Alec Boehm, because that's a guy who I, I can't even explain kind of what, what happened with him. Not, you know, the defense was always shaky. There was always a problem, but his bat completely just... Um, disappeared on him and it's strictly he's strictly like a ground ball like the absolutely no lift no he's not getting those extra base hits like he was kind of last year if i remember correctly i mean he was killing it last year so what do, what do you really think is like going on there do you is that are, are the phillies to blame or is this an alec yeah, bone mean, thing or I,
1: what I, I think it's more of an alec bone thing i think i mean i think he's just struggling it's, it's major league baseball and we see good players have years where they struggle at the plate um The lack of power numbers is extremely alarming. Um, Because even last year, I mean, he hit some doubles. He didn't drive the ball out of the yard a ton. He still did it more than he was doing this year. Yeah. Um, The the defense is irrelevant to me because I don't think anyone ever thought he'd be a good defender Mm -hmm. or that he was going to be a third baseman for his entire career. I think his third base play was just incredibly bad. It was almost off the charts bad. I mean, he was just missing routine ground balls. Yeah. Um, but I think he's a guy, he's young, I think. Um, you know, he had a lot of success in a short season, and I think this year he he struggled. I think the defensive part definitely has weight on him. You can tell it hurt his confidence. Yeah. Um, and I think he's a guy, one thing I always noticed with him was even on days where he was doing well, like if he'd come up in a big situation or come up in a spot where he felt he should get a hit and he gets out, you kind of see the, the shoulder shrug or the throw, the yep. home, he gets frustrated a lot. I think that's one of the things that's hurt him is just, you know, he just lost confidence so much and he's struggling to get it back. Um, I think he's a guy at this point, you know, maybe he comes up mid September just to have, I think he's still a good enough bat to have as an option. He can't hurt you to have him around. Um, but I don't think his struggles this year are just who he is and we should just write him off. I I definitely don't think that.
0: I totally agree. And I think the, the whole defensive situation would not be a a question or a topic of conversation. If he was hitting two eighty, two ninety, you know, like I just well, think that's, he,
1: what, thats what I say—is you know, you can kick as many balls as you want if you hit thirty homers. Exactly. Um, we, Ryan Howard physically couldn't throw the ball to second base, but you know, hit forty home runs a year.
0: No one cares. But what you
1: can't be, what what you can't be, is a subpar defensive third baseman who, even if you hit two eighty, who hits eight home runs. Yeah, it's um, not going to do it. I mean, because we could go out and find, you know, there's 40 guys that you could find. Brad Miller could play third base every day and hit 240 and hit 25 homers. Yeah. um, And play just as bad at defense. Mm -hmm. Um, So at the end of the day, that's the thing. The the scary part is because his defense is so bad, I I don't know what the option, like he's, I, I don't think he'd be any better at first base. And again, you have Reese Hoskins there who was really, besides Harper, you're, I mean, even more than Harper for most of the year is your most productive power yes. hitter. He's on pace to hit probably somewhere between 35 and 40 homers and driving 100 runs. And his, as much as people don't want to admit it, his first base play has gotten better. It's Absolutely. Good, but it's gotten better. Um, so I think unless you plan on moving on from Reese Hoskins, first base isn't an option for Alec and I don't think he'd be good there anyway. And he, he's not a plug-and-play DH, even if you get the DH in the National League, because – he just doesn't hit for enough power to be your DH. I mean, I'd rather just go out and get a guy like Nelson Cruz or you know a guy who's just going to hit. I mean, Nelson Cruz hits 300, so he's a little bit of a different story. But if you're going to give me a DH spot, I I want an Adam Dunn-type guy. I don't care if he hits 230. Just go hit me 40 homers. Yeah. Um, and if Boehm's just going to be a single-slap-hitting 6'5 guy, I mean, you just can't have that in not gonna DH do it. spot. And he's not going to be able to play the outfield. So he's going to have to just – you know, work to become a better defender at third base and hopefully just hits enough that they find a spot where his bat, you know, gets him in the lineup.
0: His style of play, like though, just the way he looks and demeanor and stuff kind of reminds me of like Jason Wirth, but like he has like none of the athleticism to like play the outfield the way Jason Wirth did and just like I don't know. It's just maybe yeah, it's more of a look, sort of that that I get the same kind of player thing, but they're not they don't play the same at all. So it's like yeah,
1: he's 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 a long ranging guy, which is is hard to play third base like that in the major leagues. You don't see many really big lanky tall-ish third basemen. No. The ones that are are you know they're the Nolan Arenados and the Manny Machados. They're just so off the charts good that it, you know they can play anywhere Fucking on the field. Break. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so so Bohm's an interesting one because, you know, is he a guy that has value somewhere else? And, you know, you move him in the offseason to try to acquire another pitcher or another player. That's something that I would be interested to see if they if they do that as well. Because I wouldn't just quit on him. But, you know, if he brings you back something valuable, a second or third starter in a deal, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to that at all either. Just because I don't see the path for him in Philadelphia in the immediate future where he goes. It's like does he come back and play a really bad third base, and then we just have to play someone else there again? And he's not good enough to bump out, you know, the guys that are playing the positions that you would move him to.
0: Yeah, uh, and yeah, unless you're going to do something with Hoskins and move him, or which you're not going to do, more than likely, or you you, you just have, one of those two would have to go. In, yeah, and yeah, like if you
1: move Reese Hoskins because you want to play Oklahoma first base, like you just got worse.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um, that doesn't make you, it doesn't make you better. So you're right. Like the only thing that would make you better is maybe getting something for him. While you know, like not to say he's Spencer Howard, but like before his value would decrease to a level of that where you can't really, you know, like he still is a a, a player that has a lot of potential and can, you know, he can be a great player in the league. So it's like you can you can sell that to other people and say, I want this, I want yeah, that, or whatever. Yeah, for
1: whatnot. sure. And, and the DH spot, if, if that comes, is going to be an issue too because more than likely. Even if they get the DH, that's the spot that they use to rest JT Mutos so keep him in the lineup. You know, rest Harper, let him get four at-bats, but keep him in the lineup. Rest yep. Hoskins. Like It's not just going to be, you know, you're straight up, I'm the DH, and I play here every day. It's going to be more of like a matchup-based area, and then the spot, you know, once or twice a week to get... I mean, that's a way to get JT a 150 games in the lineup, where now you only have to catch him 110, and he's fresher late in the year.
0: Yep. And you can avoid those, you know, little dinged-up injuries that he has to accumulate over the season by having to catch however many games. It was 140, 130 games a year, you know? So
1: Right, and that's the thing. It's like, yeah, you don't want to catch Real Muto every day. And even if the backup catcher is good, like, Marshawn's playing well, but it's like, yeah, it's great to get Real Muto off, but when he's but you, probably your third or fourth best hitter, you need him in the lineup exactly.
0: every day. Yeah. Um... I feel like we've, I did want to talk a little bit just about, like, what, the minor league system. It seems like they've, like, revamped a lot of the um, the scouting department and whatnot. Dave Dombrowski's kind of starting to put his mark on what's going on here. Do you think we have any guys other than Stott, like, we named that can really come up and make a difference in the next, like, year or so? I mean, um, I keep hearing, I like Jalen Ortiz because he hits bombs, but, you know, I, other yeah, than, I mean, you hear a couple names here and there, but...
1: The, the, the system is definitely pretty barren. I mean, I yeah. think Stott is a guy that, you know, next year probably competes in spring training. If they decide they want to go with him, they go with him. Um, I'm not sure, you know, that again is you have DD under contract. I mean, Segura's been literally, awesome. besides Harper, your most consistent hitter all year. So those are the two spots. Now, this can stop by third base. I don't know if that's something they would think about, but... I think he's a guy that's definitely going to be able to play whether it's next year or not. I don't know. And, and besides that, it doesn't appear at there. I mean, we've heard the Adonis Medina name for three, four five True. years now. And the fact that, you know, we're running through fifth starters, we have guys injured and he hasn't even come up and kind of really even gotten an opportunity is, is odd to me. Obviously there's some sort of, you know, disconnect between, you know, what we believe he is and what they believe he is. Yeah. Um, so I don't really know. And, and I mean, the scouting purposes, it's great that they, you know, went with changeover and stuff like that. But realistically, you know, with, with MLB scouting, the MLB draft, it, it's a two, three, four year process. I mean, we, we've I think the kid Micka who we took last year, I think he's going to be an absolute star. But when you take a guy at 19,
0: you wait. You know, you're
1: probably not seeing him, especially as a pitcher until he's 22, 23 years old. So the scouting turnover is nice, but you're not going to reap those benefits until, you know, three, four years down the road. And and that, that, that's not something that I can really think about right now. When, you know, you arguably, you know, JT is supposed to be the best catcher in baseball. You have Bryce Harper, you have Zach Wheeler, Reese Hoskins is playing well. Segura is hitting. I mean, this is a team that needs to try to go for it now, but you know, they seem reluctant to spend money. And the other problem is it's just, they're just not getting production from, from the fringe players that they need to. And I just don't see them going out in this year's free agent class and spending the money that they're going to need to spend. And at the end of the day, it's a, it's a class that's loaded with shortstop talent. There's a couple outfielders in it, but they need, they need another pitcher. And there's really just not that top of the line guy that's out there. I mean, Scherzer will be out there. They're not, I just, they're not going to sign Max Scherzer. No, he's not um, coming here either. So, I mean, the, the teams that win consistently and we saw it all, you know, especially in the, you know, Oh nine, 10, 11 years is, if you're starting pitching that goes out and gives up one, two, three runs every night, you're going to have a chance to win. Because if you if you can go out and you only have to score three, four, or five runs to win a game, you have a good chance of winning consistently. And that's why this team doesn't win consistently is because they get such inconsistent starting pitching. You can't expect you're only going to have these runs where you score five, six, seven, eight runs a night so many nights in a row. And to, to be not be able to pitch is really hard. And I mean, it'd be great if they got a Trevor Story or, or a Javi Baez. Is that going to make them better? Yes. But, of course, you're a guy like that. Yes, it's going to make them a lot better. But at the end of the day, that guy is still only going to hit 280 and, you know, 20 to 30 homers. That's a great season. But if you're giving up six, seven, eight runs a game because you're three, four, and five, can't get guys out, offense can only win in Major League Baseball for so long. And we see the playoffs. I mean, every year, it doesn't matter how good the teams are. The Dodgers get in the playoffs every year, and then they win majority of their games two to one, three to two. Like, offense yeah. just doesn't play in the playoffs. Especially when you get to, you know, you're on the East Coast, it's going to be cold and you're going to get bad weather. You need those guys to come out and pitch and keep games close because it's a matchup game. Everything's played right around the margins. You know, they pitch around guys, they're going to put guys on. They're not going to let you beat you at home runs. So you got to be able to pitch to win, especially sustained wins in, in Major League Baseball. And that's what's hurt the Phillies now for three, four, five years is just the lack of being able to pitch. And when you get the pitching you're getting from Wheeler and you're getting from Suarez and really you're getting from Gibson. If Nola would just pitch half as well as he should, they, they should be able to cruise to some a, multiple four, five, six game winning streaks, and they just haven't been able to do it because he, he's been so inconsistent, and then that you know dead spot in the rotation, whether it's Moore or Velasquez or Chase Anderson, just you know hasn't oh. been able to give you anything.
0: Jesus, I forgot about Chase Anderson until you just said that. That 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 was a horrible section of this fucking season when we had to watch that over and over and over again. You're right, though. Nola has been like just it, it just would put this team like over the top, not like you know, just for the division. I think I don't think we would be like behind or I I don't know. I mean, he only pitches how many games has he blown? You know, like I don't know how much it's actually right, worth, but it feels just, like it's a him. lot. You know, it feels yeah, like it, I just we just named need all it. those
1: names and, and, and didn't even name Zach Eflin, who we've now been able to for two man. months.
0: Yeah, and
1: who was a guy who you know, he's a good number three, number four pitcher. I mean, if you can roll out there, Wheeler, Nola, Eflin. Gibson I mean those guys are going to give you a chance to win games and then Suarez is your five I mean you're going to take that um, um yeah injuries have hurt them and lack of depth has then you know been the issue and they've gotten so much consistency out of Ronald Torres and Brad Miller that you know you weren't expecting to get even Travis Jankowski has played well um but yeah. they just don't have they don't have anyone on the pitching side you know comparable to those guys that have been able to come in and and stopgap some things. I guess the closest thing you could say has been in the bullpen. I mean, JD hammer has been unbelievable. Yeah, back. man. They got, he just comes in and just goes one, two, three every time out. And it's like 94, 95, which, you know, nowadays we just shake off as like, you know, that's nothing special, but you know, he throws strikes, gets his breaking ball over and he just, he gets guys out. It's, it's not super overpowering, but he, he just does the job and getting Kunrod back, I think was big too. I mean, he's, he throws, he throws smoke guess, and if man. he's around it, he's, he's tough to hit, and he has, you know, he's got that demeanor of, I want to come in late in the game and get you out, and, you know, he's pitched well in these couple games back, so I think that's big. They're really going to need this bullpen to just solidify things, and Kennedy, has he looked super sharp? No, but for he's gotten the job done. Done
0: the so, job, man, yeah. I
1: can't argue, I mean, he's he's been prone to giving up some homers, but I think he's converted seven straight saves. He's It's not always pretty, but I'll take him coming in, going after hitters and trying to get them out. Then, you know, watching Alvarado come in and throw 43 pitches per appearance.
0: Yeah, not nothing even close to the strike zone. Dirt balls, yeah, throwing definitely. it into the back. One thing you can't but... do
1: as a back-end reliever is walk guys, and he just puts weight. I mean, there that was a huge red flag. I mean, the guy, he he's had some big appearances, but, you know, Whenever I find a relief pitcher from the, the Rays because they didn't want him, that, that's always yep. a question mark to me because what they can do with, with relief pitchers, especially, and just you know, under the radar guys in general. So like when they give up on a guy, there's probably a reason. Um, but I mean, he hasn't been horrible. He hasn't been great. You, know, you just need to have a couple good appearances down the stretch and, and do his job.
0: Yeah, you always wonder when guys like that become available. Like, yeah, why why, why are they just giving up on him? Why did we just get yeah, a like, guy who throws 100 like that for yeah, 100, nothing?
1: Yeah, right? a 100-mile-an-hour sinking lefty with a nasty slider and, and, you know, a team who you would think would be the per- typical team who would want that guy, kind of just let him go. There's obviously, you know, a red flag there.
0: Yeah, it's because he closes his eyes and just throws it as hard as he possibly can. <laughs> My uh, favorites
1: are when he throws it off the backstop in the air, and then he looks like how did that happen? It's like, but Jose, you do that every other appearance, why are you, like, why are you bewildered? What, you I see can't believe
0: like, this is happening, man.
1: Yeah, how did I just throw it off the backstop? I was like, you did that last night too, like, why are you
0: surprised? Oh man, it, it, it is a fucking roller coaster season for the Phillies, dude. But I, I would not replace it for anything else other than absolute dominance. But I've been having fun all year watching them. Uh, they have been maddening. I've given up on them like three different times, but I'm back in again. Uh, I never, never completely stepped out. But this, I, we're gonna. This is a nice little segue to a team that makes me want to give up on them and walk away, which is the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, since the I last talked you, yeah, I said ah, it's gonna kind of slow no, no real news. Um, since since Monday, I think was the last time I did a podcast, the Ben Simmons has said that and Rich Paul are basically strong arming the Sixers in, in my opinion in response to uh, Rich Paul looking like a fucking scumbag for not telling Nerlens Noel about what contract offers he was getting and whatnot. So now he's gonna flex his muscle against us. And say, all right, Ben Simmons isn't coming to camp, and we want you to pay him. Right. So that you know, <laughs> that's just a basically like a threatening "fuck you." What are you gonna do about it? You know, a hostile takeover by Rich Paul, which we cannot, absolutely, we cannot respond to. Like we can't, we can't let that guy. We can't give Ben Simmons what he wants is my, basically my my ultimate thing. And then you got you got Joel Embiid coming out the 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 day after a couple days later when there's a story about the Sixers has a story that had nothing to do with the fans he comes and shits on the fans at a certain point y'all need to do better I remember when you guys booed me and what which had not like literally nothing to do with a rift between Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid but I guess is that his way of like defending Ben Simmons or something I was trying to think this in my head but what do you make of what's going on how do you feel are you angry? Because I feel angry right now, but I just want to get your thoughts first before I start going into the
1: Yeah, so I'll just start with the Embiid thing real quick because I'll, I'll have a quicker point on that. I mean, to be honest, what Joel says, I take it a grain of salt. He's a character. He's going to say what he's going to say. But at the end of the day, I, I think we've all have been proven to, to us by him now that like he wants to win. He's going to do what it takes to yeah. win. He wants to be here. I mean, he just signed a you know a max extension. He's not going anywhere. What he said was, was it probably dumb? Yes. Was it 100% wrong? Also, no. No, no, Uh, I agree. Probably wasn't the best time to say it. Um, But again, he's tweeting. We've seen him put stupid stuff on Instagram and Twitter all the time. You know, it is what it is. I'm not worried about him. Um, From the Simmons perspective and the Sixers perspective, I think, you know, me and you have always talked about the Sixers, huge Sixers fans. And, you know, I said to someone, you know, a couple days after they got beat by Atlanta, someone said, you know. Do you think they trade Simmons? What can they do to, to, to make it better, or, you know, have a chance to win? And I just said, dude, to be honest, like, I don't care. Like, yeah. they're never they're never going to win. And they're like, what? You know, that's uh, surprising coming from you because, you know, you've kind of been pro-six or pro-process, pro-everything the whole time. And I was just like, dude, after they lost to Atlanta, the way they lost, like, seeing the other teams in the league, I just don't – I don't know. It just doesn't appear to me that, like, how many different s- – lineups and groups and scenarios and coaches and rotations and ideas and schemes, are we going to roll through and just continue to lose? Like we, we did the Embiid and Sarich and Covington. And then we tried Jimmy Butler. And then we tried Al Horford. Now we tried Harris and Green and Kerry. And then we did Doc Rivers and like, we still just lose in the second round. Yeah. So like, unless you're giving me, you know, LeBron James or Steph Curry, I, I just don't see, you know, we can keep making moves around the edges. That's great. And, like, as soon as they lost, the first thing was, you know, will they trade Simmons? And my thing was always, yes, I would be for trading Ben Simmons if you get James Harden or you get Damian Lillard or you get Bradley Beal. But if I'm just trading Ben Simmons, this was before he said he wasn't going to come back. Yeah. If I was just going to trade him for a nice player, like, I'm just going to trade him for... De Aaron Fox or Malcolm Brogdon or Colin sexton They're good players. They're nice players. Mm-hmm. But they don't move the needle in the grand scheme of, like, if you said, hey, you know, you got to go win a title next year, like, they're 50th on the list of players who I would go get to, you know, win me a title. So, so you get them, and you, again, you're the two or the three seed, and you lose in the second or third round. Like, at the end of the day, I just don't think the way their roster is constructed – and the guys they have set up when you miss on so many, you know, talented number one overall picks over and over again, you're just not going to win. And I love John Beatty's great, but it, it just I don't think you can win in this league playing through a center. Yeah, I think you can have success, but ultimately, you know, now if you match him with Damian Lillard, who you can say, hey, Dane, late in the game, go take yep. the ball and win it for us. Uh, Bradley Bill, go win us the game. That's different. Um, now with the whole Simmons requesting the trade or saying he's not playing, I mean, you, you, I get you don't want to give in to him, but you got to move him. He's got to go. Like, there's no situation in which there's nothing that benefits the Sixers from bringing him back because, I mean, it'll be
0: untenable
1: in that building mm-hmm. between him and the staff, him and the team. And then, God forbid, if he does step on the court and play for the Sixers, it's it's gonna be there'll be a riot it's he a won't do
0: it he he won't he do won't it just do he, he don't want to get hurt or anything all, like that
1: and second of all like how how do you help your organization or your team by saying all right don't show up and whether we pay you or don't pay you if you don't show up well now you just took all your starting point guard out of the lineup mm-hmm. your best defender replaced them with realistically nothing like you took a guy off the roster but added nothing and then I guess you then try to make a trade. Um, maybe then Rich Paul gets involved and, you know, starts going around to other teams and trying to convince them that, you know, maybe he starts talking to a Portland and trying to get them to trade Willard to get Simmons out of here or whatever. But I, I just don't see how anything works. This is why he should have been traded last year for James Harden during yes. the season. Yep. And this is why I don't understand why they didn't try to trade him immediately once they knew deep down that they wanted to move on from him mm-hmm. and he didn't want to be here. And I think from day one, we, none of us wanted to admit it, but we all saw this coming. There was going to be a time down the line where this didn't work out. He didn't really want to be here. And there was probably going to be a breakup. Um, the problem is now you all saw your leverage and now you are at the point where you're probably just going to have to trade him for a nice player. And I don't think Daryl Morey wants to get fleeced and he doesn't want to have to trade him for pennies on the dollar, but you're going to have to move them and you're going to have to get something in return that still gives you a chance to win. So you're going to have to get creative, whether it's a three team trade or something along the lines of, you know, trying to get back multiple players that kind of fill
0: the gaps, what you're
1: going to do. Yeah. Yeah, Whether, whether it's Sacramento or I don't even really know who else is an option to trade with, but it, it, I think it's a trade that's going to have to be made before the season starts because he's not going to play. And, if he's not going to play, but he's on your roster, you're just, you know, you just have a hole of a guy. Just what's he going to do Just sit at his house? Like, I guess then you just try to make trades behind, behind the scenes, just like these guys that sit out once, you know, we saw Anthony Davis kind of sit out and stuff like that mid season. But uh, yeah, I don't really know where they go from here. I just know that they're in a world of trouble and they'll probably trade Simmons or somebody. And then I'll convince myself that it's a good move and they can win and, you sick, know, we'll just we'll get right back.
0: We'll fan. get right
1: back. We'll get right back on the horse. Um, the other problem is, I think you know Brooklyn and Miami and, and Milwaukee are just better. Yep. And deeper. You're just in a you know, you're just in a in a tough spot now. And you know, if you don't have the right stars in the NBA, you're not going to win. And they're just not in a good spot. I mean, they have a good coach. They have a good centerpiece. I think I like their role players. I just don't. You know, sometimes you know, the process was it is it over? Is it still going? We'll never know. Um, sometimes you just have to define success different ways. Some people it's winning a title, some teams it's you know, were we good for six, seven, eight years and they've been good. They were
0: the one seed.
1: Um, but I just don't think this group is ever a group that's going to win an NBA championship.
0: Yeah. And, uh, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. Cause I completely feel the same way about about 95% of the things that you just said that they need their cord to be shaken and they need, and Ben Simmons, we do need to get something for him, but you're right though, we, it's kind of at, at the point where if, well, what can we do? We, we, we have literally no leverage whatsoever, but you said we want to get something for him. What do you think we could get for him? Like at this point, I mean, is it a Sexton is Sexton like our, our, ba- I, and I, I'm okay with Sexton, but I'm just sad that that's like the best we could do.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think realistically once – my thing is we thought Lord and Beal were available. We've basically been told they don't want to leave where they're at. So which you makes no sense. Which you can't force those teams to then trade them. I agree. So, so now you are, you know, into that secondary market regardless. Yep. Um, You're right. I think they're going to try to keep forcing the Kings to to put Deion Fox in a deal. Um, I don't know if Sacramento's going to do it. doesn't seem like they want to. Um then I think you know. Obviously, the next approach would be Halliburton. Um, but
0: that's a shame because I feel like those guys are so far away from the, what we're trying to do right now. You know, like the, Halliburton is like a couple years away from you know probably being like a legit point guard. But we need a point guard like right now who can run with Embiid and help us win a championship. And it, it just it doesn't seem like none of those guys are available.
1: Right. So, I mean, again, like I said, yeah, it's Fox. And then, I, yeah, Sexton would be a nice piece. Again, it's like, but if you're any of these teams, like, do you want Ben Simmons? Like, that's my other question. Was like, everyone's always saying, well, trade him, trade him, trade him. But, like, do other teams want a point guard who will dribble up and down the floor and not shoot? Like, if Tom Sexton will shoot 30 times a night. He might not shoot well. Like, I was looking, like, talking about Darren Fox. He shoots 31% from three, but he shoots six of them a night. Yeah. So why would you want? Why would you replace that with Ben Simmons? Like at the end of the day, and it sounds like Minnesota really wants them, so I wouldn't be surprised that at the end of all this, we end up with D'Angelo
0: Russell. That would be horrific, dude. Uh, uh, that that's like I mean, I can't I can't even believe that that would even be a a, a possibility. I mean, he we would be the worst defensive team in the league.
1: Yeah, I tweeted it the other night. It'd be it would be the wrong that would be rated from the twenty fifteen draft when we thought we were going to get him, and the Lakers took him instead of taking Okafor. Yeah, that we're would... just going to get him. You know, six years down the line.
0: What What do you think we would look like though if we had picked? it? You think we would have already given up on him and traded them by now? Oh, like, like like it seems like everyone else has.
1: Yeah, he's just not he's he's not a winning player. Um, there's some guys in the league that they have a skill set, but they're just not winning players, and and he's one of them.
0: I, and I I wanted Zach Levine too as well. That was another name. I know that's not like a thing anymore because they've. It seems like they've kind of built a team like that they're trying to win right now. Which I don't know if that's the greatest idea, but hey, you know, to each his own. Um, but yeah, it's it's barren. I don't see unless, and there's nothing you can like foresee in the future. Obviously, best case scenario for all of these players. What do you like? You think if, if Ben Simmons, if you were Ben Simmons, where would you want to go? Like, best-case scenario?
1: I mean, I think his best place to have success would be Golden State. Yeah, I I was going to say the same thing. I don't see a trade with them that makes us better. No. Um, uh, James Wiseman does nothing for us because we have a center. Um, And what are we, Traymond Green? I mean, that's just three and and shorter Ben Simmons. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Philly would love him because he would act like a fool and get tacticals and yell and pump the crowd up. But him and Embiid would be in a wrestling match by game six. Yeah um and again that just doesn't we defend yeah he would defend and t- he would take Ben's spot as the guy that brings the ball up and defends i mean actually Draymond will shoot he'll never make it but he'll shoot it
0: yeah, at least he would at shoot, shoot it at the most
1: times possible he will shoot it
0: <laughs> and uh, i mean honestly i would i'd love to keep maxi but in the event that, like, the best case scenario for Rich Paul is to get both, like, to get Lillard to get traded to Philly and send those guys both to Portland just so he can get them out of there. You know, supposedly, supposedly this is such a bad place to have a, uh, you know, have you, have a player represent a player in Philadelphia. It's just such a horrible organization that they have to get all these guys out of there. But, I don't know. I fucking hate Rich Paul. I just want to go out yeah, of there. Yeah, I mean, the only, way,
1: the only way the you're moving him, actually, is, I think, in, like, a super deal where you're getting a Lillard or a, or a Beal. Um. I don't see them moving him. I think no. they like him, and I think realistically they think he may be the starting point guard if they get rid of Simmons, which I would not be against. Um, I would, I wouldn't be against them letting him be the point guard, push the pace, and, and you know, if you're going to trade Ben, maybe try to trade him for another wing that can can you know be a three and D guy, score off the ball, stuff like that. Take some of the scoring off and be take some of it off Tobias, then um, and, and move you know Green or Terry to the bench. I think might make you a little bit deeper and and give you the best chance to win. But realistically, I think they're just in a really bad spot and it's going to be tough for them to to make anything super positive out of the situation.
0: I think you said that we're probably going to wind up convincing ourselves that this is, you know, we, we made the right move. We've rid ourselves of Ben and Wiggins and Draymond are going to fill in and we'll be able to move some guys to the bench. We'll have a deep team and it's going to be great. You know, it's good. We're going to, we're going to really change the league this year that, I can see it happening already in my brain as well. So uh, that's yeah, like, uh, which would is not good.
1: That Embiid and Al Horford would work yeah, out.
0: and I I shit on that right away on Twitter and people were like, "Yo man, come on, calm down. It's a 6 I'm like, "You're right, you're right, man." You know, like maybe we'll be okay and that that never even it never even no, looked I've like half like it was looking. Like, oh, like I can see where this is going to be good. Like, no, no, no shot. No shot, I never had a chance and never made any sense to begin with. I I just I want a point guard. I want a guy who can run with them beat so bad. I just like you said, don't see it happening. I don't. i I don't know what Damian Lillard sees in Portland. I I know it's hard to like break up, you know, with your girlfriend and stuff like that. But it's you know at, they're not going to win a championship there. And I, he knows that too. But he's still yeah, trying mean, to just convince just himself com- like
1: just comfortable there. And I don't know because nothing's changing. They've been the same team. For the last six, seven years, and, you know, it's the Western Conference, too. And they're so getting the worse.
0: Is- like, they're they're no. getting guys like Tony Snell, and, and like, you know, Nor- they're giving $85 million to Norman Powell. Like, that's, you know, you're not going to win a championship with guys like yeah, that. Yeah, their,
1: their third-best player last year was Carmelo Anthony, and he walked out the door on them to go hang out with his buddies. So.
0: Yeah. Oh, the Banana Boat Bros, dude. Yep. Uh, and yeah, and I love the the I, t- I tweeted about this like that threat of from Rich Paul that he like won't other players won't come here in the future like that ever fucking mattered like the like the, that the, he was like LeBron was like really considering coming here like uh, other guys are gonna come here in the future because Rich Paul says so and Clutch Sports says Philly's a great place to be dude go fuck off now, all these guys are gonna come here if we if it, it benefits them if we have the most money and they want they want to win championships here whatever whatever their motive or goal is they're going to come here regardless of Dude, whatever we, the fucks going on.
1: Sign, we never sign a top tier free agent anyway. So who
0: exactly. Cares? Elton Brand and Bryce Harper and Namdi Asamoah. Yep. There you go. Now uh Asante Samuel, those are the three I can always think of cuz then they trade for Namdi. I don't even remember. Remember Namdi Osmois eating lunch in his in his car yeah, people <laughs> hated them at the NovaCare Center so bad that he's eating lunch in his car by himself. God, that's sad. Uh speaking of the Nova care Center how, what are you feeling on the birds this year it's uh, I got, you got uh, you got a lot of different people your your fellow paisan Tony Romo out there is uh, shouting out Nick Sirianni saying that the birds might be 10 and five or 11 and I don't the numbers are gonna what is it 10 and seven and,
1: yeah, 10 yeah, and seven would work. fuck
0: this dude. I, I'm, I've been so used to this my whole life uh, of the records. Now I'm going to have to get used to the 17 games, but he's obviously high on the birds. Some people are high on the birds. Some people go the opposite way and say four wins, five wins. What do you think?
1: So I, I'm in the middle. I, I think people saying they're going to win four games are just out of their mind. They're, they're better than that. Yeah. Um, I, th- th- their team is, doesn't lack talent. They have some good players. Um, we really don't know what the coaching staff is going to be like. We really don't know. So that I think is the the number one question mark is, you know, what is just the team going to look like? Like, we don't really know the scheme. We don't know how they're going to play. We don't know what the defense is going to, you know, look like um, per se. You know, how, how is Sirianni going to coach, you know, in game? What adjustments is he going to make? You know, is he going to be an aggressive coach? Is he going to be a guy that punts on fourth and one? Like, you, you just don't know, like, so that, that's a question mark there. And then, I mean, at the end of the day, the NFL, the, the biggest factor is the quarterback. Um, and I think the Eagles are going to be exactly what Jalen Hurts is going to be. I think they're going to have games where they're good, they look really good, and they're going to have games where they struggle. And when they struggle, it's going to look bad. And I think that's going to put them right around a 500-football team. Um I think they're going to be super exciting. I think every week they're going to be fun because they're athletic. They got some guys who can make plays. Um, but I think they're just going to be a team that you, you see the inexperience from the quarterback and the coach. I think, again, when they're on, they'll be on. And when they're off, they're going to be off. And yeah. the schedule's not super hard. I think, you know, the good teams they play, I think they will lose. Like, I don't think they have a very good shot of beating the good teams. I think they'll beat the bad teams. And I think they'll you know trade wins with the the red football team and the giants <laughs> and the, you know whatever they're called and you know when they'll beat the jets and the panthers and you know they play the 49ers like that's a toss-up game but like in years past as i go we play you know the buccaneers i you know we've gone on the road and beat the packers i don't think that's going to happen this year no i think those teams that are better than us will beat us the teams that were better than we should beat and i again like the you know the teams that are comparable to us will it'll be what it'll be.
0: I think a big key for our team this whole year will be uh superior play on both sides of the offensive and de- or both sides of the uh, line of scrimmage, offensive and defensive line, man. I think, like you said, they have a lot of talent on both sides there, and they're going to be the keys to success. I think that that's what's going to take them as far. If that offensive line it can protect Jalen Hurts and can just make things as easy as possible for him. I think you'll see, like you said, like Ben being off. I think you'll see that less than you would. If, if the, he has to run for his life and he's constantly under duress, kind of like the way uh, number 11 was the last couple years, uh, couple seasons. Uh, I think you're going to see those rookie mistakes and the, just the Jalen hurts from Alabama who will just give it to anyone and throwing for 96 yeah, yards in a game and just running for his life all game. I, I think the the wide receivers I'm still up in the air about. I just want to see what we have in Devontae Smith. Obviously, I believe in his abilities, but I want to see if he can stay healthy and all. Just there's a lot of like uh, question marks that I'm very excited about and, and want to see what the team Zach Ertz is back, which is a shocker. Um, the secondary actually has some competent NFL players in it, or at least you know we added one. We still you know a little questionable in the back end, but the linebackers still horrific. It's, you know, but we got, we have some good things to look forward to, though. So, uh,
1: yeah. Um, I mean, one of the things you mentioned that I, I personally have a stronger opinion on is I, I, and I think is going to be one of their big downfalls. I think it's going to hurt them a lot is the wide receivers. I think the wide receiving court is, yeah, bad. Yep. I don't think it's good at all. Um, I think we're just selling ourselves on guys just to sell ourselves on them. Mm-hmm. I think Devontae Smith's going to be able to play. The problem is, when you're the only guy, you're going to get taken out of the game. You can't expect a rookie to go out single-handedly win your games, beat double coverages. And I, I don't, I don't believe in Jalen Rager. I don't believe. I like Greg Ward. He's a nice player, but he's not a guy that I'm. I can count on. Quez Watkins is, you know, he's a gimmicky, sixth round, fifth really round fast yeah. run around. Um, and you know, I might get proven wrong. Maybe Jalen Hurts can can make the plays. Um, I think they're going to have to lean a lot on Miles Sanders. Um, it'd be nice to see a coaching staff who actually lets him, like, touch the ball 25, 30 times a game. Yeah. And he's good. I mean, he's a good running back, and I think he was just handcuffed. Like, it, you know, Doug Peterson didn't like to run the ball, and Deuce Daly was obsessed with switching the running backs. Yeah. And I think when you have a guy who's, you know, as talented as Sanders is, you have to let him go sometimes. And not because like, Boston Scott can make plays, and he does have a role with the team, but, like, you have to let Sanders be the guy that he is, especially if you're going to have a quarterback who's not the best thrower.
0: And he, that's the that's the like the key to having a, a quarterback who's not the best thrower. You know, like you need something to take the fucking pressure off him. And he, you know, we he, we he's not going to be Aaron Rod- like you said. He's not going to be Aaron Rodgers sitting in the pocket for forty five times a game just killing people and dissecting them we're not we're not right. there you know so it's we're gonna have to win games a certain way we're not gonna be a lot you know we're gonna have to beat them close beat them close beat them close and then maybe hit them over the top with a, a quez watkins bomb or something like maybe that'll be right. his thing or you know maybe jj or think a white stretch the field for the birds a little bit but <laughs> like you said though yeah that that, That's that get our hopes that, up the wide receiver, uh position in the core I, I that's the one thing that i was talking about i was talking about the preview last week just like where i'm like i don't see the hype that i've seen from a lot of the reporters and stuff like that they're really like oh this team these guys have looked like promising and whatnot i think that's just like watching practice and getting hyped about it yeah actually-
1: and we'll see we could we could be proven wrong but at the end of the day i think i personally think that's our weakest spot on the field i think it's even worse than the linebackers um and you know we'll see and Hertz is so athletic, and he's such a gamer that I think he's going to make plays. Yeah, and we really, we really don't know. Like we saw him last year behind a bad team, and you know, forced in, didn't really have a training camp. So we'll see. I mean, he could be a lot better than than we expect. I don't think he's going to be bad. Um, I think at worst he'll be very average. uh, But I think he's going to you know give you a chance, and you know, it's really just a big question mark.
0: Yeah, real oh, a huge question mark, and uh, not necessarily a bad one either. Same thing with the coach as well. We're just gonna there, a lot of question marks all over the board. We're gonna see a lot of it first. Yeah, week, and like that goes back to my prediction. Is like there's just way too
1: much unknowns for me to really have a strong feeling one way or another. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's yeah. I completely agree. And what do you think about the Atlanta game? I feel like that's a great game to start with.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a favorable schedule early. I, I I think Atlanta, besides Houston, might be the second worst team in the league. Yeah, um, they have some talent, but like they're they're not very good. Their defense is bad. Matt Ryan's old. They have two playmakers. Um, well, I mean, they have Ridley, and we'll, we'll see what um,
0: what Pitts looks like.
1: Yeah. I mean, Pitt, Pitts is going to be good, you think, but you just don't know. You can't just you know guarantee what what he is before he plays. And then you know you play Sam Fran, who's going to be a good team, but. They don't have again, they don't have anything that just jumps off the off paper at you. like they're a beatable team, especially at home. and then you know, you go from there. but it's definitely a good team to start the season with,
0: yeah. and I, I like uh I kind of like being on the road to start with um, to get the jitters out of the way. I feel like some some of those guys like Carson would like not uh, not to say he didn't play well, but I feel like he would be like too amped up to play at home and would like. I don't know, like overextend himself or try to do too much sometimes. And it would take like the whole team. Maybe that's a Doug Peterson problem because it seemed like they struggled in first quarters and wouldn't settle into games in general. So maybe that's just like a overall. But I like being on the road. I, li- I like starting off there and then, you know, we can see we can see what it looks like. And they honestly, main thing is I don't feel like hearing boos or just people, you know, some dumb shit happening early in the season where if they don't look good in that first, I mean, it's right, going to happen get, anyway, but
1: we're down 10, three at the half. And we getting boo going. Into yeah. The calling like, for flacco and shit.
0: Like, you know, yeah,
1: like that, that's the part of, you know, Philly fans. We need to be better that I agree with. Yeah. Like, it's stuff like that.
0: I agree. But the, I feel like the, the thing that most bothered me, we're going to go back here a little bit just about the MB thing. It was that. Him going back and finding that, uh, like that, Mike, mad Mad Mike call, who's an absolute moron. Anyone who ever listens to WIP knows that guy just calls and trolls all day long. But just to give the guys like that, like a voice, and like to retweet that to all the people who ever follow him, who probably aren't from Philadelphia, who now like look at that and think, wow, they're they're in Philly shitting on Embiid all the time. Like they're right. calling, which is not—it could not be farther from the truth. That guy has gotten a pass in a million situations where other athletes have not gotten a pass, just because of the way he plays on the floor and his, you know, cool, happy, funny demeanor. But you know, oh, yeah, for sure. I kind of, I kind of go on these tangents and then, and then forget what I'm uh, talking about. But I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the birds. Uh, I'm looking forward to just everything about the the NFL season, fantasy football. Yeah, I
1: mean uh, football's back, and there's yeah, not a better time in the world than college and NFL football every Saturday and Sunday.
0: Couple, yeah, I mean, uh, I was a little worried about the uh, Buckeyes last night. CJ Stroud looking a little slow in the beginning, but uh, the boat looks like it ran out of gas. And uh, yeah, I mean, they, they, Ohio State's just ridiculous though.
1: Buckeyes didn't look great, but they're just you know superior in talent. Um, but I mean this Clemson Georgia game on, on tomorrow night is just gonna it's about come as big as
0: football. it gets, man. Yeah. It's like a national championship game in the very first week of the season. There's yeah, two I mean, teams you could see at the very end, other than you know the Sabins, the fight in Sabins. Is there anything that you wanted to get off your chest before we before we head out here for the weekend? Is the do you have any? You watched Jake Paul fight. How'd you how'd you feel about that? I
1: watched it. Um, I I thought it. I mean, it, it is what it is. You got to know what you're you're signing yeah. up for. Um, I I actually thought you know it was a better. Fight than I expected it to be. Um, it actually,
0: was entertaining for it good wasn't portions. A,
1: it wasn't a terrible fight. It wasn't a good fight. It's, it's amateur boxing, basically. Yep. Um, I really could care less who won. Um, do I like Jake called No, I don't really like Tyron Woodley either because I've watched him for his last six fights, just go out and hold his hands in front of his face and not throw a punch. Yep. Um, and I think I tweeted out during the fight. Like it was like after the third round, and his corner's like, "Tyron, you got to throw your punches, throw yeah. your hands." I'm like, well, we've watched this in the UFC for his last six fights, A tradition
0: so, like no other, dude.
1: Yeah, him just his corner just begging him to throw punches, and he won't do it. So you know that it was what it was, and you know whatever. Um, I, it's stupid. Um, but Jake Paul is going to keep fighting people, and I'm going to keep watching. And it is what it is.
0: Now the big thing is, uh, I would just like to say, like you know. A lot of these people who are watching these fights, I know these guys are making money, but for the most part, these people aren't paying for this fight. If anyone who's smart is not shelling out the suit, how much was it? Was it 40
1: uh, I think it was fifty nine
0: ninety nine. Oh my goodness.
1: Because it was a Showtime production.
0: I mean, at the end of the day, like
1: I'm also not watching it for the actual fighting. Like I'm just True. watching for the entertainment purpose.
0: Yeah, They had but a lot entertainment- of good boxing matches on there, though. They, yeah, like,
1: like I got Dave Portnoy and Big Cat doing a gambling breakdown in between every fight. Like
0: they got cleaned out too. Dude. Yeah,
1: they had a tough night.
0: <laughs> it was fun, like like you said that, like that kind of the same way all the other ones, the thriller events and whatnot. It's like it's fun. It's a, it's kind of yeah, a freak I mean, show circus.
1: Like the boxing versions of a WWE paper. Yes, too. like it's just entertaining.
0: Yep, and I can't believe it was a split decision because I thought pretty easily that Jake Paul was. Winning yeah, the boxing was, match Not necessarily the fight Like he didn't look like he was winning But in a boxing sense in the sport He was winning He was jabbing He was moving He wasn't getting hit And you know Got yeah, rocked there, for the there, one time But it, 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 there, that doesn't win a fight It
1: should have been a split decision But you know whatever Yeah Again I don't care enough Again
0: Yep I can't even believe that there was a decision They're over there showing his mom Like he just won the heavyweight title and stuff <laughs> it, 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 it was fun it, it, it was a little ridiculous But I had fun you know uh and did you watch ufc did you, I did, did you, not no nah, you didn't you didn't I'm miss much able
1: to, yeah i was not able to say it but um i'm getting locked in here for this Usman covington
0: fight yeah that's probably the next big one they got a paper you know a couple pay-per-views before but that that's the next one where it's like a huge i mean nick diaz is coming back in a couple weeks though, yeah that that, that that
1: card that card's gonna be unbelievable um yeah you know i've i've uh kind of slipped out on UFC as these past couple cards. Just, you know... I don't haven't blame had the same, Haven't had the same draw that they've had. I mean, I haven't really dug in and watched since the, the mcgregor Poirier fight. Um, <sighs> yeah. And, you know, that went... I mean, I didn't think he was going to break his leg. I also didn't think Connor's going to win as much as I wanted him to. Yeah, um, I, I agree as well. I think he he's pretty washed at this point and a shell of himself. Um, I think but, he
0: lives in know. a little bit of delusion, which is a a bad thing to be a, when you're <laughs> yeah, a professional and, athlete. you know, he
1: just... You know the guys he has to fight now, just stylistically, don't really match up with you know what he wants to do, and it's like, all right, Conor, you want to try to talk them into just throwing hands with you in the middle of the, the octagon, but like they just want to win, so they're not going to do that. No, and they know that they can out wrestle you and out grapple you, so you got no chance.
0: I just truly, I too truly believe that he's not getting the proper training for these fights that he needs to. That these other guys are getting, like a Dustin Poirier at an American Top Team, that's like you know world class gym training against world-class fighters on a daily basis. I don't think Conor's getting that. He's, you know, in California with, you know, guys that you've – training with guys you've never heard of before, which not that you can't get good work in, but I just think guys are getting better work in showing. They're sharper. They they haven't yeah. been in the – they haven't been at, like, uh, the same, you know – like layoffs and stuff that he has and doing other shit, they've been focused on one thing and they're all getting better while he, like you said, has kind of like stayed the same or got like fallen off a little bit. He's actually fallen off a little bit. Skill-wise. Skill-wise. You know, I, I mean, his popularity is never going to fall off because people are still going to, it's the same way with the Jake Paul thing. Like, they're just going to, we're just going to keep coming to the fight, y- y- no matter what. Like, when he's when he comes back eventually and whoever it is he's announced against, we're all going to sit down at the TV and watch it again. But oh, yeah. well, we don't know what we're kind of
1: fight like no others. Oh, we're yeah
0: it's like the mma super bowl every time that guy gets in man it's it, it's i had so much fun the last time that's why i like love when he fights because win or lose obviously well i didn't want him to lose i'm a big fan but i had fun watching the fight that's to me now the most important part and yeah, for sure. thank god i don't have to watch khabib anymore all right uh <laughs> that, that about wraps it up i'm not gonna hold you out too long i appreciate you coming on bro um if anyone's still listening, uh, God bless you, and thank God for listening. Uh, for if you sat through that hour, but I think you got a lot of good information. I think we had this is a good episode. That I would argue this is the best episode in the history of the Hot Take Hot box, But you know, uh, I'm not one to say that. So I let the I let the critics and the the judges of my critically acclaimed podcast talk that out for me. So Derek, I appreciate it. Um, yeah,
1: absolutely, man. And you know, maybe we'll uh, we'll hook back up here in, in a couple weeks, and we'll see where the Phillies are at, and let the Birds get a couple games in the season, then we can have more of an opinion.
0: No doubt, no doubt. This you you have uh, earned yourself a uh, comeback on the podcast for sure. There, this, there we this, go. This has been a uh, this has been I'm telling you one of the greatest performances of anyone who's come on here.
1: Shout out uh, U.S. History Three Todd Powers class. Shout That's out to I'll Todd. Yep,
0: wherever you are right now, uh, coaching whatever team you are, and. <laughs> frauding your way through a history class right now getting ready for basketball season i just hope you love this podcast